As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The whole thing about the anchor is like there's so many things that cause your anchor that are developing your anchor and that's one of them you know holding yourself back because you don't want people to think that you're trying to copy someone else or you don't want to have imposter syndrome hey guys welcome back to authentic talks i'm excited about today's episode i am talking with a new author who shares her journey and she describes what the anchor meant for her her journey and why she wrote her book and i love this book because it's a self-help book slash memoir and there's lots of information in her book that i feel that many people can benefit i know that she wrote this book for a particular audience and i still feel that this book is helpful even to someone who has already moved through or who's dealing with currently walking through your shadow work as i was reading the book it reminds me basically of us dealing with our shadow and for those of you who are not familiar with shadow work or what the shadow is is basically a form of ourselves that we see in other people and typically when we really start deep diving this is how we start clearing out the old belief systems and replacing them with new belief systems and this is a part of what basically helps us to move forward in our lives and create an empowered life for ourselves and some of those things that you can see in yourself that you see in other people you you might run into someone and you're like they're judgmental stubborn they're arrogant they are just someone that I just can't stand to be around they're selfish manipulative you might notice that they have anger outbursts and whenever you start really noticing something in someone else you can step back a moment as we're purging and releasing and getting to that place where we're feeling empowered and we're able to really stand in our power because we are empowered it shows up in such a beautiful way those of you tuning in who are not familiar with shadow work and what it looks like to actually start digging all of the old stuff up this could be childhood trauma things that you've dealt with if you're someone who has not had therapy or you haven't had a chance to talk with a coach to help pull you through oftentimes i feel that therapy is necessary for some people and then some people could do certain things to help to start that self-healing process and that's like reading books listening to podcasts and just getting all of the information that you can until you're able to get to that next level if you still need that of working with a coach or 
going to talk with the therapist to help to begin that healing. We're definitely talking about self-care today and usually at the end of the show, I'll come back in and leave you guys with some information that you can write down and do a summary of the show. But on this episode, you guys, I'm doing it a little bit different. Before we dive in with me giving you a little bit about that shadow, I want to ask you, are you subscribed to the show? And if you have not had a chance to do that, I'm asking you to hit that subscribe button. And then I'm going to ask you to take it a step further by leaving a review. This is one way that you'll be able to help other people being able to find the show. Leaving those reviews, they mean so much for me and I'm thanking you all in advance for the reviews. Okay, so with that shadow work, you guys, I want to share with you that it is definitely a part of your self-care. Start working towards healing that shadow side is going to help you to really empower your life and to live your best life overall. And then you'll be able to help other family members and friends to be able to at best talk about the shadow and let them know like this is what it looked like for me. And this is what helps people to begin to start thinking and wanting to move forward with looking at that much closer. I also feel that dealing with our shadow really has a lot to do with our mindset and some of the things that you're able to do when you're dealing with your shadow is you can journal, use affirmations. And one thing that I know that I did that I really enjoyed doing was understanding like what was my mother's core values while we were growing up and asking myself if I really hold those values today and do they differ and how so. And so that was an awesome journaling prompt to help me to start chiseling away or digging deeper, like doing the deep dives. That's really what it's all about, asking yourself those questions. And and let me uh, introduce to you today's guest and bring her on. She's gonna talk about her book, why she wrote the book. And again, we do get into talking about relationships. We talk about release, repair, anchor, shifting, and I hope that you find that there is some valuable information that you're able to take away. I am talking with Helama Yates, the author of Dissolving the Anchor, Untethering Dysphobia and Self-Doubt to Create an Empowered Life. How many of you guys have doubted yourself about something? Have you ever had any doubts? I know I have. How many of you have felt like you've had an anchor just holding you still? still holding you back, just keeping you stuck. I know I have. We're also going to talk about what it looked like for her when she had a lack of self-love and a lack of self-value. And what does that look like? What are some things that you can look at or be able to identify possibly for yourself to recognize that you could be lacking something in one of those areas? Authentic Talks is all about authentic conversations. This show is all about growth, love, respect, success, mind, body, and spirit. If you're looking to grow and become your authentic self, then this is the podcast for you. And I am your host, Shantae. Welcome to the show. Hi, Halama. Welcome to Authentic Talks. How are you doing today? Hi, Shantae. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. I know that you are an author of an awesome book that I absolutely love. And you guys, I am excited to talk about this book today. I love the graphics. I love books that 
we can walk away with uh, feeling like we've learned something. Before we dive in, can I have you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, my name is Holoma Yates. I am the CEO or founder, owner of uh, Lovemark. It's spelled L-U-V-M-R-K. It's about providing programs to value yourself and other people. We're based in Denver, Colorado. We work with clients internationally and nationally. And what we do is provide workshops that are about self-empowerment in order to foster social, emotional, and mental wellness. And then we also provide diversity, equity, inclusion training in order to endorse humanizing perceptions of each other so we can cultivate and uphold environments that are fair, inclusive, respectful, and safe. With my company, I am a transformation speaker, a mindset coach, doing whatever I can in order to help people know their worth. And then also what can we do to make sure that we're treating each other with respect and kindness and seeing each other in humanizing ways. Love it, love it, love it. And I knew it was something about that book. So you are a transformation speaker, like coach, trainer, all of that. That is definitely coming across in the book. You know, it was after I started my company where I was able to finish this book because I started it about maybe 20 years ago. It was a long time ago. Like after I graduated high school, I was always a part of programs that dealt with helping us better ourselves or transform our lives in any way, whether I was in plays dealing with domestic violence or sharing poetry, dealing with having a positive self-identity, or it was leading workshops on diversity appreciation. That was stuff that I was like always wanting to be a part of since I graduated high school. And I started writing this book and it was mainly poetry and it just wasn't feeling right. And so I just kept on like going back and forth with it over the years. But after I started Love Mark, that is when I was like, okay, after seeing the feedback I was getting, after seeing the impact it was making, I knew then how I could create this book in a way that would be more effective for the reader, what to say, how to write it like using certain images and just doing it in a way that I felt would be something that would be uplifting as well as having you understand the struggle. And when you're dealing with certain struggles that I was dealing with and how you can have that and then come out of it and, and create a life that you can be happy with. I just wanted to make sure I could exhibit that in any way I could. What is the name of the book? So it's called Dissolving the Anchor, Untethering Dysphoria and Self-Doubt to Create an Empowered Life. I love it. Love it. Love it. What is the story behind the book? Help us understand like how you birthed this book 20 years. Yeah. So at first when it was going to be a poetry book, it was just, I, I use poetry in order to be, I use that as my therapy. If I was dealing with something or I needed to just get something on paper or I couldn't understand why I was feeling a certain way, I would just start writing and doing that. It helped me to be able to face what was going on in my life and address it and, and look at that on paper and, and see what I can do to resolve certain issues. So that's what I use poetry for. So when I was doing the book back then, that's what that was about. And then later on throughout the years, you know, it's shifting into what it is today. That was from me doing my workshops. Okay, let's talk a little bit more in depth about dissolving the anchor. So just to explain what dissolving the anchor, it's a it's a part memoir and part self-help guide. And I'm using narrative and poetry as well as illustrations that are just beautiful that I commissioned from artists just worldwide. And it's, um, it's done in such a way to express the experiences that I was having that caused my negative self-image, um, just a low self-esteem, 
self-sabotaging behavior, you know, I went to substance use, I had suicidal ideation, and then it details how I came out of that struggle in order to finally value myself and uh, just make choices where I am, where it's going to be beneficial in my life. And I'm, and I'm making choices that are good for me, that, that can create the kind of life I want to have, that can create the joy that I want to have in my life, and it's by my terms. And so it's, it's going, it's looking into what I went through and even after I survived my suicide attempt and to how I got through that to where I am today. What caused you to want to commit suicide? Are you comfortable to talk about that today? It all started first when I, I, grew, I was born in Wichita, Kansas, and then my mother needed to leave a marriage that wasn't working. And so we moved here to Denver, Colorado, where I am now. And we moved in with her parents and there was about 11 people in that house. So we had my grandparents, my aunts, uncles, cousins, and my sisters and I were living in this house together. And I was the youngest. Living in that house is where my loneliness began. I was excluded. I was the youngest. And so I wasn't included in a lot of things that my cousins and sisters were doing. And sometimes they would include me, but for the most part, I felt left out. Thankfully, I had friends in school, had friends in the neighborhood. But with my family, I didn't feel like I fit in. And so feeling that loneliness and not fitting in, that started my mindset to start like going to downhill spiral. When we moved to Arvada, once my mother remarried, and it's really just 15, 20 minutes away from where we were, but the environment was different. I wasn't around a lot of ethnic diversity. So I was, um, I did have friends. I did, you know, I was able to make friends and everything, but I still experienced microaggressions. I still experienced blatant racism. There were times I was excluded. I was treated in such a way where people had low expectations of me. I'd be followed in stores. And I went through certain things that just made me feel like I was lesser than. And then also not seeing positive representation of people that look like me, whether it was in dolls or in TV or what we were learning, learning history. So it just, I was getting a lot of messages that was telling me that I didn't matter. And I didn't know what to do with that. So in addition to dealing with life challenges that you can face any time in your life, in addition to that of not feeling like I mattered or I belonged anywhere I fit in, all of that combined, I started going to drinking and drugs and, and it was mainly getting high, but I did dabble in other drugs. But um, I was doing that to escape. I was doing that to help me feel better. And at first I was having a great time, I was having fun, but it was really to escape. And it ended up having me feel more, I felt empty, I felt numb and I had all this anger and there was just so much emotion that I was dealing with and didn't know what to do with it. And it got to the point where I didn't feel like there was a reason to be here. And so I, at 16, I, yeah, I attempted suicide. And I thought that that was the way to end my pain. And after I survived, that's when I started realizing it's not about, and yes, you want to end your pain, but it's not about ending your life. So it's ending your pain and facing what caused it instead of ending your life. That's what I had to work on. Well, I'm glad that you were able to take your experiences, your life, and like be able to put it in, in a format to help other people. I think that that's awesome. There was one part of the book where I seen like a hand and it says like not black enough. I am black. So my mother's black, my dad's black, but in my family, 
there's other cultures of other races, other ethnicities, like we're multicultural. But yeah, I identify as a black woman. It's the way that people can treat you because of what you are. And it's, I was trying to prove my blackness, you know, depending on who I was around, depending on who I was around, it was really like, am I acting out certain stereotypes? Because that's what, how black was perceived to this group. So let me try and be that so they can realize I love what I am and I'm trying to be black. And so depending on who I was around, I, I would try and be these different people. And then I started realizing, you know what, no matter what, I am black. And yes, there's other blood that's mixed within us, but I identify as a black woman. And for people to make me feel like I'm anything other than that, because I'm not portraying myself the way they feel a black person should be, I'm like, I'm not auditioning. Like I'm black. Like I don't have to audition for the part. So right. I finally got to a point where I'm like, I'm me. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And I'm not going to act. <laughs> How did you come up with the name for the book? I came up with the name because the way that I see Anchor is it's preventing you from moving forward. It's keeping you in place. So like, it's all about mindset. I'm about looking into what has developed our mindset, what has shaped our beliefs, our views. And so it's, you know, the factors of, you know, you gotta look at the sources, whether it's your education, religion, politics, your family, peers, the media, your environment, your experiences, all of this is shaping our beliefs in, in addition to our genetic inheritance. <laughs> so you're looking into our external environment and how that's also shaping you. and having these certain beliefs and therefore what you believe your actions are going to reflect that. So if you are holding yourself in place, the anchor has to deal with what have you been through, what have you experienced or what have you learned that has developed these views you have that are keeping you from moving forward in life. So if you're not enjoying your life, if you're not going for certain goals or having goals to begin with, just anything that is holding you back, that's an anchor. So it's about looking into dissolving it. What is holding you back? Why is it holding you back? What can you do to resolve it? And that's what this is all about. It's about looking into what have you experienced and what have you learned that has developed your mindset? And then what can you do to shift it to make sure it's more healthy for you? So you can move forward and have the kind of life. I love that. All of the experiences that you share throughout the book, we can't really sum it up and go, oh, it was this underlining factor because it's like an eclectic mix of things that you were able to chisel away at to heal, you know, or to repair. And a part of that journey for you, I know that some of that was had to do with self-love. Can we talk about that a little bit? For our listeners, what does it look like if you don't have that self-love in your life? What are some of the things that can help someone tuning in identify like, oh, that's a lack of self-love? <laughs> that's a good question. For, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely share what it was like for me and mm -hmm. I've throughout the years interviewing lots of people and doing these workshops, I realized a lot of people could relate to this. And so it just comes in different forms. So if you are lacking self-love, it can come in various ways. What choices are you making where you're pushing healthy relationships away from you? Because obviously if it's a healthy relationship and that can bring you happiness and, it's, and we're going to accept what we feel we deserve, like the kind of relationships, the kind of love, we'll accept that into our lives if we feel like that's what we deserve. And so what are we accepting into our life? And so if we're pushing away healthy relationships, but then we're accepting and embracing the toxic relationship, then that's showing that there's a lack of self-love. And in order for you to know the difference between healthy and unhealthy, 
if you think about a person and that person makes you smile and you think about good memories with them, yet you're doing things to push them away as in not answering their calls or not texting back or not wanting to hang out with them or yeah, we can be busy and that's definitely fine. But if you're continuously making sure that you're making yourself unavailable so your relationship can't grow, that would be pushing some away in, in addition to, you know, verbally abusing people. Um, help so that, so you're pushing healthy relationships away if you're doing that and that person makes you happy. It's unhealthy if you're um, embracing people into your life who are constantly tearing you down or they're constantly wanting to compete with you to prove that they're better than you, you know, and you're, but you keep on having those type of relationships where you can't trust them and you're constantly having to prove yourself around them and they don't, you don't feel good around them. So if you keep embracing those relationships, you're, that's not helping your mental state. That's not helping your emotions. That's not helping you physically as well because how we feel affects us physically too. So um, just being aware of what you're embracing into your life lets you know how you're feeling about yourself. And what type of activities are you participating in? Are the activities that you do, are they bringing joy into your life or are they making you feel worse? You know, like sometimes I won't get on social media because I don't want to scroll through and see things that I know are going to make me feel sad. Or um, sometimes you can compare yourself to other people and that can make you feel bad. So that's another thing of lack of self-love too, if you're comparing yourself. So we can look at other people and think, oh man, their life is great. They're, they're living it up. They're just doing fantastic. Well, one, we don't know their story and maybe they are doing great, um, but we also don't know what kind of struggle they've been through. But the whole point is be aware of what's going on in your own life, being grateful for where you're at, be aware of the choices that you're making to get you where you want to go, because this is your journey. So it's about, you know, making sure that you're making choices that are going to be beneficial to you and knowing what you want and how to get there and making each step that's intentional so you can get where you want. So when you have that love for yourself, you're making sure you're making choices that are going to be good for you for the short term and the long term. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> when someone is struggling with understanding their worth or their value, what did it look like for you? Were they able to hear your story a little bit and then can maybe identify or be able to have an inkling for those that are not aware that maybe I could be lacking self-worth? You know, and I look at the same way too as, you know, lacking self-love, but with the self-worth, that's like the way you value yourself. So how are you treating yourself and how are you allowing other people to treat you as well? Because when you have, when you know your worth and you know your value, you walk around with that confidence, you walk around with your head held high, you, you're just making choices that are going to be good for you. And the way you present yourself is going to show people then how to treat you and how to respect you. And so when you have that self-worth, you're just going to, same as with the self-love, be making choices that are gonna be healthy for you. And just to know if you're doing that, just be aware of how you feel with the choices that you're making. Are you feeling predominantly more sad or angry or anxious? Or for the most part, do you feel like you're happy and you're, you have peace in your life? So it's being aware of your emotions in order to know what's causing them if you're having emotions that you're not happy with. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Who's this book written for? You know, it's mainly written for people who have a low self-esteem, negative self-image, and people who are experiencing suicidal ideation. I feel like it's definitely for people like that. It doesn't matter what gender you are or even your age because it can relate to anyone from, I would say, junior high on up. So if you are someone who is not knowing your worth and you're looking to make sure that you know your value and you're making choices that reflect that, this book is definitely for you. If you want to know why you're feeling the way you do about yourself, about life, and want to know what you can do in order to feel better about yourself and about life, this, that, this book is definitely for you. What is your ideal client? Do you actually coach people yourself? I actually work with people directly. I mainly work with corporations or nonprofit organizations. And when it comes to self-empowerment, I mainly work with organizations that are focused on social, emotional, mental health. And um, whether that's like suicide prevention or recidivism prevention or just, you know, people wanting to build self-esteem, just the categories go on. So I mainly work with people with that, but I have recently decided to add on personal groups. So if you want to work with me on an individual basis or if you have a group of, you know, three to four people or more or whatever that you want to hire me to provide workshops for, I can do that as well. But I've mainly have been hired by organizations to provide workshops for their clients, for the people that they serve. I haven't been to a workshop in so long. Sometimes it can be just a one-off, just one day, or sometimes it could be a few weeks or months. So it just depends on what they're looking for. I have programs that go from 60 minutes to eight weeks. So it just depends on what the organization is looking for, but it's completely interactive. So my workshops are where everyone is in this together and we're in a space that's welcoming and we're, we're here to all grow together. So I, I want to make sure that, you know, people feel as comfortable as they can be because we're going to be addressing things that aren't fun <laughs> because in order to transform, you have to face what has caused the pain and in doing that, it doesn't always feel great. And I know people would like to think that transformation is like, oh, I'm going to feel great and I'm going to like, everything's going to be wonderful and roses. But when you're going through that process, it's, it's work and it doesn't always 
look great. <laughs> so it's about being prepared for that. But yeah, I, I do what I can to make sure that it's as fun as it can be. And um, it's all completely interactive. So we have group discussion, we participate in activities or exercises together and sharing stories because we definitely need to look at our experiences and you know what we've been taught. So it's completely like everyone's involved. Let's talk about it a little bit. So like after you have like something where you're going through some tough work, within the next like day or two, it's really important for us to pay attention to like our dreams, thoughts that come to us, healing or messages through the dreams that we might have. So many different avenues. If you really are paying attention, then you get those, sometimes those aha moments and uh, they don't always happen like right there there on that day in that moment at the workshop, you might feel overwhelmed with emotions, but then that night you're like, oh, wow, I see why. Oh, it's like another dot gets connected. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. That's why I have people journal because you're going to be learning all this stuff during the workshop, during the sessions where we're all together and, you know, participating in these activities and having these discussions. But then later on, yeah, you got a journal because there's going to be things that come to you. And then dreams, I love that you brought that up because you get so many answers in your dreams because you're at a state where like when you're awake, you may not be paying attention to certain things, but then when you're asleep, then that stuff starts coming to you for you to then be aware of it and start writing what you dream right when you wake up so you can remember it. Because sometimes you can dream something like, oh, I'm going to remember that. And I want to share what I dream with people. And then you start forgetting stuff that happened. So start writing what happened in your dream right when you wake up. Yeah. So I, journaling is so important because you've got to be aware of these thoughts that are coming to you. I love journaling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's important to just, I, I, I definitely want to share that even though the work can be hard, we're in such a space where we make it in a way where you're still happy to be there. You're happy to do what you can to improve your life and transform it in any way that you feel is necessary and because you're ready to do it. And so we're providing the tools that help you get there so you know what you can do to make these changes for the rest of your life and not just, you know, temporarily motivating you to be excited about changing your life, but for the long-term life changing ways to save your life and change your life. I found that one of the challenges that a lot of people face, they can tap into like, oh, okay, this is what it looks like if I don't love myself. And this is what it feels like if this, and then they can get there because you can get to that place quickly where you realize like, whoa, I didn't even realize I wasn't loving myself. You know, it's like, shoot, I do love me. Let me eat better. Let me treat myself better. Let me do this better. And let me think about me when I'm making some of these decisions. I used to do things in a way where I would be thinking about what someone else felt. I would play this whole conversation out in my head. Like I have to do this because if I don't, this is how it will turn out. And I would have like the whole thing literally like scene by scene. And then I'm like, I really don't want to, but I guess I have to. And then I would do whatever that thing was anyway. And it didn't seem like the person really appreciated it. It wasn't like it, it was life-changing to a point where at that time in my life, it, what other people thought and how they felt was really important to me. I wanted them to feel good. I wanted to be liked and accepted. How do you get to a place where you 
no longer care about that and you can put yourself first? That is such a fantastic question. And this all relates to self-love, self-worth, all of that. So I'm so glad you asked that question. In the book, I have a section that's titled, No One's Allowed to Dictate Our Worth. And it's where I share the first part where it's about, have you ever felt like you're one person trying to be multiple people just to find one person to love you? And it's about the different ways that we'll shift ourselves depending on who we're around in order to avoid being rejected, um, criticized, judged, and abandoned. So we're constantly conforming and assimilating in order to get that acceptance. So you need to be able to look at yourself and love yourself. You need to be able to be like, I'm enough, I am amazing. I'm whatever positive affirmations that you need to say to know that you matter and you have value, you have worth. That is where you need to get. You have to have enough love for yourself to realize that you can make decisions that are good for you. And instead of doing what you feel everyone else wants you to do in order to maintain that friendship. Because also, if it's a true friendship, if these people really do care about you, they're going to accept you and appreciate you for who you are. And if you're constantly changing yourself, you know, silencing your voice or not, you know, being yourself in any way, they're going to be getting to know that side of you. And is that even the legit side of you? And they're going to, are they going to embrace that side of you? Or are you guys going to fit as a, you know, can you have a friendship or not? So you want to make sure you're being yourself to attract the people who are good for you in your life, attract the people who are going to be the ones who appreciate and respect you for who you truly are and not who you're trying to be or, or trying to be someone they expect you to be. So, it, and it's exhausting to try and be all these people to make sure that you're pleasing everybody else. So you're, cause you feel like you need to keep them in your life. So know who you are and know you're enough, love yourself, know your value. It is important to know who we are. Did you find that for you, you had to go deep to, who am I? We grow up, you know, and it's like, you're just living your life. And then one day it's kind of like, wait a minute, I need to check in with me and see like, okay, do what do I even like anymore? Because where I was like, oh, my favorite movie is, and I was saying the exact same favorite movie book, all of that for like 20 years. And then I was like, wait a minute, I've read a zillion books since then. I've seen a zillion movies since then and I know I'm using something small but like that's like an example of how sometimes we just something even as small as like what's your favorite what's the favorite book you've read it's like oh wow if I really actually think about that question it's not that book that I've been saying for 20 years that was back then since then I've grown so much it's now this one it's it's brought me the most value or this movie has brought me the most laughs or joy yeah, it's, it's interesting how when you are at a place where you finally want to know who you are, because if you've spent so much time collecting different personalities or, or portraying yourself in a way that you thought that that's what people wanted in order to be accepted, it, it takes work to fi figure out like who you truly are. Like, are these pieces of you, you, or are they something you collected and shaped in order to be someone else? So yeah, it, it's about really self-reflecting and making sure that this is how you really do think. Is this really your thoughts? Is this really what you like? Is this really what you enjoy? Just, yeah, needing to be aware of your own thoughts and your own feelings instead of, is it what other people think and feel? For anybody tuning in, like, 
trying to fit in with other people, you could hold yourself back too sometimes because it's something you truly have a passion for and it could be your purpose and that person was placed there to help you find that that is your path. But then you're not going down that path because of the copycat thing, I guess, that sometimes mm -hmm. could come up where you're like, I don't want to seem like I have that imposter syndrome thing happening, you know? Definitely. And that's the whole thing about the anchor. It's like, there's so many things that cause your anchor that are developing your anchor. And that's one of them, you know, holding yourself back because you don't want people to think that you're trying to copy someone else or you don't want to have imposter syndrome, you know, and that's, I actually like that you brought that up to you because I've definitely have felt that like I'm someone who's sharing my experience and that's what I use in order to help guide people in any way to transform their life and sometimes I, I felt like well who am I like I'm like I'm not really some guru I'm not someone who's famous or whatever and you know there's, there's people who've actually told me literally have said the words like you're just one person how can you make a difference I've had people say you're not famous you don't have a ton of followers you're not rich you know and it's just like you know what I am having people be aware of how you can change your mindset to live the best life that you want to live and to be their authentic self. And you can take my advice or not. It's okay. It's, it's for you or it's not for you. I'm, I'm not trying to tell you, listen to me and then you'll be rich. Listen to me and you'll be famous. I, it's for me, like I share this all the time, like my success or I should say part of it, but a huge part of my success is that I'm here because I didn't want to be here. I wanted to take my life. I wanted to die. <laughs> Let me be real. And so for me, part of my success is that I am here. And when it's up to me, I choose to see tomorrow. Part of my success is that I know now how to manage and overcome adversities. It's knowing who I am and valuing myself. My success is being true now to who I am. And so that is what I share and that's who I am. And I work on not having that imposter syndrome because I do have a voice and my experience has value and it's valid. And, you know, sometimes I, I like stutter. It's hard for me to get things out a lot of the times and I won't let that stop me. And so it's just about realizing that you're enough, your voice matters and keep moving forward. And you're walking around with a tool box, okay? And we love getting tools around here. <laughs> I love having tools shared of what people can do, like to help them to overcome some of their struggles. When we go back to talking about our worth and value, I know someone who says that they cannot say no. You know, like giving some advice and different things and saying no is just not an option. What do you say to that person who's tuning in that I know is going to be listening? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said, you know, that they're going to be listening. Yeah. Hey, I, I know you're out there listening. <laughs> this yeah, is for you. I, <laughs> so what I do is I ask them why. Why can they not say no? And you keep asking them why until they get to the answer. Because once you understand why you're doing what you do, that is when you're able to resolve what unresolved trauma you've had or painful experience that you've had where you feel you have to say yes. Know that that's also something I share in the book about, you know, your boundaries. Like it is okay to say no. And, and sometimes people will feel like, well, I'm not being kind if I say no. 
yes, you can say no in a kind way. It is okay to do what is good for you. And if you're constantly doing things for everybody else and you're putting yourself last or not at all, what are you doing to yourself? And then that's also showing how you're loving yourself, how you're valuing yourself. It is okay to tell people no, and they will understand it. I mean, I, of course, there's so many different situations of why you're saying no, not saying no. I mean, it, it definitely can depend. Like, you know, like for instance, when my husband and I got married and there were some people who didn't go, yeah, that hurt my feelings. I would have liked them to have been there and not say no, especially when they, they like say, for instance, like they didn't go because they were like, oh, I can't afford it. But then you see them going on all these other trips and then they're buying expensive material like items and i'm like well if you didn't go on those trips or you know if you saved up in any way you could have came to our wedding because our wedding was it was in a different state but so yeah like there's sometimes where yeah when you say no like it does hurt true i want to be honest with that but for the most part like if you're if you can't say no ever you're really hurting yourself absolutely that is so true so true what is it that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I just, I feel like it's so important to be aware of what has caused you to think the way that you think, what has developed your beliefs, because once you understand where you learned, what you learned, and how your experiences have shaped you into who you are today, if you're doing things or feeling a certain way that you're not happy with, that you want to change, be aware of what has shaped your views. So what did you learn? What did you experience? So like, what did you learn from that I mentioned before? Education, your religion, politics, peers, family, the media, your environment, and your experiences. All of these are shaping your views, your beliefs about yourself, others, life, the world, circumstances. How are they affecting your life? And realize that you can make a choice in what you do to change your circumstances. My whole life, I felt like like I'm driving the car of my life, but I really wasn't even steering the wheel. Like I felt like I was in the driver's seat, but it, for most of the time, I wasn't even in the driver's seat. I was in the back seat. I I felt like someone else was driving my car. You know, even though I thought I was, I wasn't. I wasn't realizing that every choice I made had a certain result that would come from it. It would create certain events or certain results, and whether they were favorable or unfavorable, all of it. It was determined by the choices that I made. And it took me forever to realize that I should face my autonomy and being able to make the choices that are going to create the life that I want and realizing that our choices have an impact. So it took me forever to realize that. So realize that you are the one in the driver's seat. Where are you steering your car? So that's what I, I want to share with you. Realize who you are, know yourself, know you're enough, you matter, know your value and your self-worth and know the choices that you're making and, and where they're taking you. So yeah, so if you would be interested in uh, purchasing Dissolving the Anchor, or if you want to contact me, go to hiyates.com. Um, just go to my website. You can also um, see the social media pages that I'm on, and you can also find me on there too. Um, and I am on Instagram, but I'm mainly, I'm mainly on Instagram more than everything else. I'll push things to Facebook, but I do have Twitter and LinkedIn. Facebook. And uh, so if you want to buy a book, uh, it's called Dissolving the Anchor. Go to hiyates.com or you can even go to dissolvingtheanchor.com. It will take you to the same website. And um, you can also contact me if you're interested in being a part of one of my workshops. If you want to 
be an individual where I can do one-on-one -on -one coaching with you, or if you want to work with a group and we can do sessions that are a day or up to eight weeks. So um, yeah, contact me at hiyates.com. Is there a place where people can leave you a review when they do buy the book? on your website or not on the website but what i am doing like people will email me and so i'll i'll put their reviews on my website from what they have shared with me but please go to amazon barnes and noble wherever you buy the book because people care about reviews you know whenever you go somewhere you may you know look at well what do the reviews say first before i go there you know i do um, yeah <laughs> and i mean i i'm willing to give places a, a chance but for the most part, I'm looking at those reviews first. <laughs> so please give me a review. That'd be awesome. So um, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, wherever you buy the book. But yeah, if you email me the review, then I will also put it on my website. Nice. I like that. That's good stuff. I'm going to leave everything in the show notes, but the name of your company is called Love Mark. Mm -hmm. Ask me questions. But if you go to lovemark.com, it's spelled L-U-V-M-R-K. So lovemark.com. Got it. Lovemark.com. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, for writing this book, and for hanging out with me and dropping more gems. You guys buy the book and support the author and definitely leave a review because this helps in so many ways, so many ways. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you and your kindness and I love your show. I was listening to a few of your episodes and I was like, oh, there's some good stuff here. And I, I really liked your the guests that you've had on your show and I like your personality. So thank you. It was nice to meet you. Thank you. It was nice meeting you as well. And I enjoyed talking with you and you can come back anytime. Thank you. I want to say that it is so important for you to make any changes in your life that you feel are necessary. It's about being aware of what has shaped your beliefs. What did you learn? What did you experience that has taught you that you don't matter or you're not good enough? Anything that has taught you to devalue yourself and have these self-defeating beliefs and behaviors so you can realize what taught you that so you can unaccept that as truth and then it's also important to in order to continue your growth emotionally heal so what experiences have you had that were traumatic or painful that in order to release yourself from those experiences realize what you learned from them and then to emotionally heal from it realize what you learned from them and then also be able to forgive others and yourself because it's not about forgiving the behavior or the event. It's about releasing the weight of holding on to that pain and that guilt. So be aware of what has shaped your beliefs and unaccept anything as truth if it's going to be tearing you down or use anything that you have learned to build you up. Use anything that you've experienced or learned to build you up. And when it comes to your experiences that have been painful, what did you learn from them? How did you grow from them? And then work on releasing by forgiveness and forgiveness is to be able to release yourself from that weight of the pain hey guys if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to share with family and friends and if you really enjoyed it leave a review on apple Podcasts or podchaser Thank you all so much for tuning in each week. I truly appreciate it. And if you have not subscribed to the show, I'm going to ask that you hit that subscribe button so that you're notified when a show is uploaded. 
and you guys, I'm moving into two days a week of shows being uploaded for Authentic Talks. I know that I talked about moving away from the three shows, and so I just wanted to confirm with everyone that the shows will be uploaded twice a week, and that could be Mondays and Wednesdays, or it could be Wednesday and Friday. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm Shantae with Authentic Talks. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.